as we come to the reading of the scripture this morning, hear this story about the birthday of the church from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, Ah, they're filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. And then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. May God add a blessing to the reading and the illumination of this word. Amen. Last week, we completed our Easter season as we read of the ascension of Jesus, how he went into the heavens. His time on earth was finished, and he sent his followers to Jerusalem, and there they gathered in the upper room. In Acts 1, it says that the women and Jesus' family were also present with the disciples as they spent their time in prayer in that upper room. Then they gathered together all of the believers, and the scripture in Acts 1 says that's about 120 people at that time, and they had a meeting to select someone to, quote, be a witness to replace Judas. 
So they've gone from being the 12 to being the 11. And in this moment in the upper room, they add a new person to fill that role. Our scripture for today begins on this day of Pentecost. And the word Pentecost in Greek means 50. And it recognizes the number of days from the Passover celebration to Pentecost. Pentecost was already a festival. It began as a celebration of the spring harvest. But under Roman times, it became a celebration of the remembering of Moses coming down from Mount Sinai when God gave him the Ten Commandments and he faced the Holy One as the burning bush. It's called the Festival of Weeks. And fire signifies the presence of the divine. Just like every Sunday when we light the candles and you light the candle in your home, we recognize the presence of the divine in our lives. This incredible day of Pentecost drives the faithful out of the upper room because of the violent rush of wind. Now, those of us who live in Oklahoma, we recognize the sound of the violent rush of wind. It isn't a soft spring breeze. It can often sound like the rushing of a train through a neighborhood. It is loud and overwhelming, and the followers in the upper room, they rush out into the streets to find out what is this noise. And the scripture says that the tongues of fire appear and rest on each of them. And they begin to speak in other languages as they are filled with the Holy Spirit. For the city was full of Jewish people that were from all over who were gathered in a crowd. And they heard these fishermen from Galilee begin to proclaim the power of the Lord which is a wonderful thing. But the miracle that happens is that these fishermen from Galilee proclaim the power of God in all of these languages that they had never spoken before. And so everyone understands. Everyone can hear the words. Everyone, except for a few, are fascinated by what's happening. Of course, we have those few doubters who say, these people are drunk. They are filled with new wine. And maybe, maybe the crowd in the midst of this miracle is exuberant, joyful. They might even say, I love you, man. And so Peter says, no, no, no. This is not what you think it is. This is so much more. As I was preparing for today's sermon, every one of the commentaries that I read talked about the reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel. Let me explain for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Hebrew scriptures, we find it in Genesis chapter 11. It is after the flood story and the people are the descendants of Noah and everyone can speak the same language. It is easy to communicate and to accomplish things. 
And in their pride, the people decide to build a tower to the heavens, for they are afraid that they will become scattered as a people. Their motivations are pride and fear for what they do. And the scripture tells us that the Lord comes down and confuses their language so they are now unable to understand each other. Our story today is the reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel. God, as the Holy Spirit, makes them able to speak each other's languages, and they are able to understand these incredible stories being proclaimed about the power of God. In a a reference that I use a lot, the Boringcratic Commentary on the New Testament, it describes this as a universal inclusive community, transcending language and culture. Now let me say it again in case you weren't listening. A universal, inclusive community, transcending language and culture. This is the theme that the author of the Gospel and Luke uh, continues and begins in Luke and then again in Acts. The division, the sin at the Tower of Babel has been healed. And on this first Pentecost for the Christian community, it is amazing. Thousands become baptized. Peter announces that the prophecy is being fulfilled from Joel in that moment. It doesn't matter if you are male or female. It doesn't matter if you are slave or free. These things are over. God says that this universal inclusive community is being powered by the Holy Spirit and that they have one voice, God's voice, and that they can do anything with the power of God behind them. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit wasn't just present on that day. It is present for us every day. We can do amazing things proclaiming the power of God because we too hold the flame of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Well, we can ignore it. We can try to put it out. We can even cover it up. But that does not mean that it is not there. When we have a passion to share what God is doing for us and with us, we cannot be stopped, even in the midst of a pandemic. In just a few short weeks, the church we knew it in the world took a pivot. It went from a place to gather, a building, to a way to live. We all remember that song when we were children. If you were in the church about the church and the steeple and the church is not the building, but it is the people on the inside. But to be honest with you, we had forgotten. We became complacent with going to church instead of being the church. This pandemic has reminded us that we are the church. We proclaim with our lives and our words our belief in God. 
One of the things that you may not know is before we were live streaming here at Faith, we averaged about 419 people in worship. And since we have gone digital, that number is up to 643 people. Can you hear me, Faith? Wow, what a difference. Now, numbers people, you might be saying, wait a minute, Heather, we had Easter in the middle of there and you're right. If we take Easter out, we still have over 500 people every week. That's a significant increase in our average attendance. Our time of worship together is connecting with people who were unable to make it to this building for medical reasons, not being able to drive anymore, moving away from the neighborhood. Our time together is nurturing and inspiring people all over the country who join us. Doug and Kathy are living in Minnesota, but Sharla and I got a card from Kathy this week that talked about how they join us and participate in the life of this community and what that means to them. We know that we all have family members and friends in other states who are joining us for worship that never could have before. But here's the most surprising thing. Hannah discovered on our digital media this family, and we have a photo of them today. They are gathering in their home with their friends and family in Gambia. And they are joining us for worship every week. I want to say hello to you in Gambia. And we are so blessed to have you be a part of the body of Christ in and through us. Friends, we have transcended walls and communities and nations with our adaptation to the way we have always done church. We are a much more inclusive community now. The Holy Spirit is working in us and through us. In the sins of pride and fear, we are divided. And with the Holy Spirit, we are united. We have to use this power of the Holy Spirit for good. We have become a people that point fingers at each other. We like to place blame and say that other people are responsible for things. We are so busy pointing fingers that we cannot seem to find a way to advocate for good to change systems of unbrokenness that are unacceptable in our world. It is time we said enough, enough fighting, enough blaming, enough pointing fingers, enough systems of inequality, enough disposable people, enough with the special interest groups and the agendas. Jesus was executed for the radical message of love and equality for neighbor. In the two commandments that he gives us to love our neighbor as ourselves and to love God. 
This is the universal equality that we hear in our Pentecostal story today that transcends the Bible verses of all days. Today's upper room devotional, my mom texted me this morning, was that question, who are the neighbors that we are called to love? Foster children are not disposable people. Immigrants are not disposable. The medically compromised are not disposable. Prisoners are not disposable. Black men are not disposable. Military veterans are not disposable. And that list could go on and on and on. If we believe the God of presence, the one we call Emmanuel, God with us, we have the Holy Spirit to speak up and proclaim a better way, the Jesus way. I was trying to think of if there was ever a time in my life that felt like that Pentecost Sunday. And it was so interesting because it reminded me of my friend Shannon who uh, married one of my classmates from high school. I was very blessed to grow up in the community of Oatmulgee, Oklahoma. For those of you who don't know where that is, we're only 35 miles south of Tulsa very racially diverse, economically diverse community. And I was blessed to grow up where the man who owned the banks, kids were in the same classes with the people who lived in the projects, that we were all in this melting pot together in this small town. And at our high school reunion, I hate to say 30 year class reunion, Shannon, who married in to our class, she said to me that her Tulsa high school was very racially diverse, but at her high school reunion, everyone divided into tables by their race and economics. And that she just thought it was so profound that at our reunion that we all mixed together, that we held each other, we proclaimed our love, and she could tell by looking at us that we truly meant it. I took it for granted. I didn't think anything about it. And it took outside eyes to watch the community to make me aware of how beautiful and blessed that is. What a gift. I am so grateful to have been raised in that community. I want to invite you to embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. Let us be people of the upper room with conversations that are hard but are about the better way. Let us not be people who fill our time and our energy and our mouths with conversations and fights and trivial things. Let us stop pointing fingers and blaming each other for what is wrong, 
but let us raise our voices and proclaim what God can do through us and in us. Let us be more. Let us be better. Let us be love. And in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy. Your daughters will prophesy. Your men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And when the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they shall prophesy. Amen. <laughs>